Hello, good morning, good day, good afternoon, or good evening and good night. This is Alejandro Soto, your host here of this podcast I have decided to call Holding Down the Fort. It does not have anything to do with the military. If you have searched for it, you have found there are military podcasts with the same name. This is not, this is, this isn't about the military <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not a military man uh i have nothing against the military actually i uh, an old friend of mine is uh, uh has been in the marines for a while i actually kind of want to maybe one day get him on here i think it'd be cool to get the perspective of someone who has lived that life but today you do not get that perspective uh this is a very special podcast this is actually the first episode that I recorded of this show. Uh, we recorded back in the beginning of March, and um, I had told Julia before that first recording that I wanted her to be my first guest, so I held to my word, and she was the first guest, but this was the first recording. If you're still following me, I'm sorry for all that. This is to say that today you get to hear a conversation I had with my dear friend, Jill Harmon. Uh, she hosts the uh, spiritual sangha, the practice group that Julia and I are both a part of. And she, uh, I, I don't know if I'd say she puts up with us, but she, <laughs> I'm sure at times, tolerates uh, with great compassion uh, this, you know, us newbies in this experience of being humans uh, who are trying to pay attention to what's going on. So thank you, Jill, for letting me uh, interview you. It was uh, it, it was easy. It was cool. I, I really feel good that like these are just happening organically um, and that nothing's feeling like forced or like anybody's trying too hard um, or trying to like be anything uh, for anyone. There's no putting on of airs here. Uh, <laughs> whether that's for good or bad, I think it's for good. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We had her, her little puppy, uh, birdie hanging out in the room with us. So you might hear her scuff up against the microphone once or twice. Uh, so disregard that. And, um, I don't think there's anything else I need to add about this one so sit back and uh, enjoy this conversation i had with the fantastic jill Harmon. So we can start. Oh, okay. Welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Holding down the floor. Yeah, yeah, we're doing the thing. Holding so, down uh, I have with me Jill Harmon. You're my yoga teacher. Is that accurate? I don't. I don't know if that's a hundred percent accurate. <laughs> what would you say you are to me? Uh, I'm your friend, and. Uh, we practice together. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're we're in your home slash studio, specifically in your personal practice room right now. Uh huh. So how did you how did you end up like in this building? Then it's an building. interesting story, I think. Uh, that is. I was. I had this really amazing space in Roanoke. And I really loved it. I invested a lot of time and uh, energy into it. It was beautiful and very sacred feeling, but it had like a steep hair, uh, staircase. And so as my practice grew, it became clear the staircase was not going to... I work on a lot of children and like 
children with disabilities, so people were carrying kids. Uh, it was yeah. this a thing that was, it, I, I realized that this wasn't going to be this uh, forever mm -hmm. space. Mm -hmm. And so that I put this um, list together of the things that the new space would have to have. It had to be, <laughs> like, I think six things. Had to be commercially and res residentially zoned already. No basement. It had to be handicap accessible. It had to be close to the Greenway if it was going to be in Fort Wayne. It had to be able to walk to the grocery. And was that six? I wasn't keeping track. I wasn't either, really. But you checked all those boxes. I did check all That's those boxes. Cool. But I had the list. I made the list on like a Saturday, and this was like Labor Day weekend. And on, on Sunday, I went up to my friend Kevin's uh, like place, and uh, I was making fun of my own list, really, because like, this is not, this isn't really a place. It's not a real thing. And he, uh, he said, "I know a place," and he just would not let it go. It was, I was like, "Fine, fine." You know, after a day of this, he was like, "I know a place. I know the exact place." And I said, "Just give me the address, and I will. I'll drive there right when I leave here. And if I want the number of the people who own it, then I'll, I'll let you know." I was very skeptical, right? Really, just. And so then I drove here, and I walked around. They had, the owners weren't living here at the time, but they had a renter here in the residential part. Kind of walked around and I said, okay, okay, I'll take the number. And then I called them and they were heading, they are kind of come through town or be in town because they don't live in Fort Wayne anymore. Um, and looked at it the next day. Oh, no way. Yeah, the next day. So I made the list on Saturday, and then I called him on Sunday. We looked at it on Monday, oh but I was gosh. leaving on Tuesday for a month-long uh, trip. Oh. So I said, I can't. We looked at it. We, we liked it, uh, but I was leaving, so I couldn't, like, commit the, mm. the time to really think about it and spend time with it. And so I said, I'll be back in a month. You know, can we, if it's still available? And it wasn't really even on the market yet. Okay. The, the, their renter was um, transitioning to a care facility. And so it, hmm. it was a kind of a mess. But uh, so I went, I did my little journey, came back and brought the whole family. Everyone looked then and uh -huh. Then on, we moved in November 18th. Okay, of what year? 2018. Oh, okay, so you haven't even been here that long mm -mm. then. Okay. No, this. And you, you moved from Roanoke to here mm -hmm. then? Okay, cool. Roanoke to here. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of people were driving a long ways to take classes and, you know, get care get aligned with getting some structural body work and somatic body work and stuff. People are driving, it was like about a 45 minute drive for most people and coming there to classes every week. So this was actually a huge, people can ride their bikes here yeah, yeah. and you've ridden your bike uh -huh. here. Yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah, it was really a, a good, things came together huh. um, quickly and like kind of seamlessly. Hmm. I mean, very few snags, honestly. Huh. And then like a lot of um, things started happening after that. Like the, uh, the previous uh, owners, like they had a, a nephew, Janos, who you've met. Oh, and okay. And he, he didn't even know he was coming here. He was coming here for an embodiment class. <laughs> This is my aunt and uncle's place. And I was like, oh, yeah. really? <laughs> wow. Kind of things like that. So um, a lot of, you know, things just started unfolding huh. like really beautifully. That's interesting. And the practice space is amazing. And this, the practice spaces are not this one, but the practice spaces in the public spaces are um, 
soundproof because it was a recording studio. Yeah, yeah. So it's you don't even know you're in this busy on this busy corner. Yeah. You can't hear anything. The acoustics in there are great. They so really are. Like, it's super amazing <laughs> for chanting. Super fun. <laughs> chanting and laughing. It's my two favorite things in this space. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of that happens. <laughs> yeah. Oh, birds, come on. Birdie, there's nothing in the cup for you. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I thought we were having tea. <laughs> so then you moved to this place in 2018. 2018. Mm -hmm. How long were you in Roanoke then? I moved to Roanoke in 2009. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. And I had a couple different things there. I was, my, the studio was at, um, in Wildwood. Oh, okay. On Hadley Road. And then one of my, um, the people that practiced with me said, oh, I've got this opportunity to, I need somebody, do you know anybody, to come and run the um, bed and breakfast, the inn. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. And so then she came back the next week for class, and I was like, I do know somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Me! <laughs> I've always wanted to do that, so I'd like to try it, and it was, it was really fun. Huh. It was really, really fun. Yeah, yeah, you ran a bed and breakfast? Yeah. I ran, cool. the, the, I ran the inn at Joseph Dequeese. It's right oh, on Main okay. Street in yeah. Roanoke. I lived there for a year. And I also was, like, I moved the studio there. Oh, okay. And then I, I partnered with Valerie Powers. And we had, we had a st group studio together. Okay. And I was really growing my um, bodywork practice, too, at the time. I had been practicing at that point for five years, and um, and it really I have a I have still have a lot of people that I work on from Roanoke, and they travel oh. here now. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Huh. Mm -hmm. So you're like an Indiana native. Right? Yeah. I I um I grew up in Delaware County. Okay. Yeah, that's around Hartford City, right? I was or actually you, born you, in Harford City. That's crazy. Harford County Hospital. Yeah. yeah, I was born there, and my family, my my um, paternal grandparents owned land in Delaware County. It was a okay. like a small farm and with acreage, and they lived in the house down the hill. And they bought my parents built. They actually, my grandfather and father built the house my mother still lives in. It's oh, still on that same wow, no land. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, so then they the, the farm was there, and then uh, they sold the property down the hill, and they moved to a bigger farm in Jay County. Okay. Yeah, so the farm in Delaware County was small. It still had a barn, and we still had, you know, had livestock but mostly horses my family were my father and that whole line of um, his like lineage were grain breakers like they they uh, what's that I don't know what that is it's when you uh, you take a young horse and you mm. you know like, like break them in try break, break them in to okay, yeah. have, okay. be able to for to take riders uh-huh uh -huh. okay mm -hmm. oh interesting yeah uh -huh. I have a picture of them doing that somewhere in here in this room cool like the, there's a lot of like yeah a lot of cool stuff you got in here yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I have yeah so then um, yeah, that was the farm in Delaware County, okay. and the the one in Jay County was much much bigger. In fact, my f uh, family, we all went to the old farmstead in 2021. Oh, cool. I had went earlier to ask the people if we could take a tour. Mm -hmm. They were so gracious and mm -hmm. um, allowed us. It was really. Wow, that's really awesome. Yeah, it was. Really it was really amazing. Like wow. the trees along the lane back to the the my my grandfather and grandmother planted those. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> it was that's pretty, awesome. Yeah, I got a picture of that somewhere as well. Also, but <laughs> so for like anyone who's listening who isn't in our like immediate circle, they might be surprised to hear that there's a fairly rich like yoga 
a like spiritual community like in at least in Fort Wayne I've found it's like really? pretty lively um, which as another Indiana native like I, I wasn't born here but I've lived most of my life here and to kind of uh-huh. be getting into that circle over the last couple of years it's almost surprised like me to see like oh there's a lot of people who are doing this and like doing it for real yeah. too not just like going to yo- goat yoga in the park on the weekends because it sounds fun, which I'd be for, but like, right. like it's, there's like a lot more that's like deeper than the, the surface level of like pop yoga. And so like, I think there's a yeah. really rich, you're right. There's a rich community of practitioners here. Yeah. Well, how, why do you think that is? Um, I think, well, there's, you know, you, we can all have our ideas of what, but whenever there's three bodies of water that meet, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's a special, it has a special um, energy to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, I was once visiting in Green Mountain in uh, Vermont, and my friend Prem Prakash has an ashram there, and he has also the land, Green Mountain, that he, uh, the ashram is on. It has three streams that come together. So one of the things that you do when you're there is drink from that, right at the three point. Now, I'm not suggesting that anybody drink <laughs> from the St. Mary's. Yeah, <laughs> just totally not great to do here in, no. here in Fort Wayne. No. <laughs> Need to, need to do a little more work on the filtration plant before we can do that. <laughs> yeah, but it, I mean, and I think that a lot of people, Fort Wayne is Indiana's second largest city, I think. I believe so, yeah. And a lot of people, um, it's kind of a joke where I'm from that you'll either end up in, in Indianapolis or or Fort Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I think a lot of people in, are drawn to the city because it's small enough that you can get around really easily, super, mm-hmm. super easily. You can get anywhere mm-hmm. in the city in probably 20 minutes, 20 tops. My grandma described Fort Wayne as an overgrown farm town. <laughs> That's the best way I've ever heard of it's describing the place. Super great. You like can't go anywhere without seeing somebody you know. That's true. Like, so then, how did you? How did like you get into a spiritual practice? It happened when I was. Um, I had just turned 30 and I was, I worked at a school, I I did lots of things there, my main job was teach PE and I had a pretty severe injury Mm -hmm. and and they were like, you you know, in 10 years this injury is degrade, you will not be able to walk in 10 years and I was like, hmm. That's not the that's not the life I want. Wow. <laughs> Are you cool to like tell what that injury was? Was that like? Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, I mean, almost all of my injuries <laughs> have been through uh, on wheels of some kind. <laughs> Honestly. So what? What'd you fall off? Of this time. Or go under. Well, even? that time I think it was like a series of things, and in, okay. in the and the skating accident was uh, the yeah. final thing. Uh huh. Uh huh. Like like blades or board. Um. In this. Like the final straw that broke the back was a skating, actually at the roller rink. Oh man, like yeah. on a hardwood floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At, at the, Gra- it seems like gravity is stronger in those but, places or something. Yeah, but I, it's true. <laughs> it's true. But I had done lots of things, like leading up to that moment, mm-hmm. and so then I had a pretty significant back surgery. Wow. And um, then they told me at, the, at that time that, you know, this is your, your new reality. And I was like, mm-hmm. actually, it's not. <laughs> it's, I'm not. I'm not doing that. And I was 
you know, kind of looking for a practice and uh, Abel was just starting a just starting a yoga practice and suggested that I try it too and mm -hmm. I did and and it just led led on and mm -hmm. on it, it just like <laughs> yeah. one pool led into the next pool of, yeah. of really rich and beautiful um, teachings cool mm -hmm. so what did it like look like when you first took on that like initial practice like like did you have any understanding of like what you were supposed no. supposed to be no not at all doing? I think I, I mean I think I was pretty bitchy <laughs> <laughs> about it because I was I was just a person uh, like a more of a sports type person okay. I mean I was a PE teacher and yeah, I also yeah. like played sports in school and I was very um more athletic in that way and I would say more rigid in my body okay. so when I first started doing uh, practice I literally could not get near my feet with my hands oh, man. <laughs> like in, in you know bending forward uh -huh. no way okay huh you know I wasn't that far out of a a pretty major back surgery either so okay. it's yeah, understandable right. but yeah. still I really I don't think I could have before <laughs> <laughs> it isn't just the back surgery yeah couple that with huh. like a really exuberant like personality and you have lots of injuries <laughs> and crazy yeah so that's how it hmm. that's how really how it started okay mm -hmm. so like when I started my like yoga practice it was also after an injury that was also kind of an accumulation of things. But when I started it, I, well, I was in so much physical pain all the time that I got to the point where I was like, I just gotta do something. And I, like, I just can't lie in bed and ache all the time. So I started just doing my old soccer stretches uh -huh. um, from like soccer in grade school. Yeah. And like thought of it instead of like the game, like on the field being the thing I was preparing for and the stretches were the preparation. I looked at it like, okay, the stretching is the main event, and like this is the thing that I'm focusing on now. Was there like anything like that, like a, a mindset or like a perspective switch that happened around or like through that early or early part of your practice? Well, um, <clears throat> I think I had the like that mentality of over just overriding my pain instead of mm. really feeling it but I was just uh, never somebody that took any kind of pain relieving things I mm -hmm. just sort of numbed out I'm gonna call it that I just okay. sort of numbed <laughs> out you know checked out of uh, the body pain uh -huh. but but I think when you start a practice you actually have to go through the thing you've been ignoring and uh, sometimes that's a stopper for people. Mm. I feel worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then you quickly feel better. And I think most of it is because of the way that you breathe. Mm. Like actually taking, yeah, yeah. like using the full capacity. So that changes everything about how you heal, about how, you know, energy moves through your body how your heart beats, how your lungs mm. function, every, it, you know, from, from the really the gross things and to the very, very subtle of just like opening up your awareness to, oh, the world is not actually all about me. <laughs> There's a lot of more yeah, things yeah. going around <laughs> than just me. It could be jarring yeah. to find that out. Yeah. So, huh. yeah. So it was like, had you really paid much attention to your breath before that point in your life? No, but I, I was also still young. <laughs> and mm. so it's not something you, you really think about. It's just, it's, you know, playing, being active in uh, sports, being active with children. I think you just, it was something you took for granted. Mm -hmm. And you didn't, it, because it was happening so slowly, how shallow your breath was getting, you didn't really mm -hmm. notice it till you tried to do something on purpose. 
<laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, like you tried to touch your toes mm -hmm. mindfully, like on purpose, <laughs> <laughs> and you couldn't. Mm -hmm. And uh, okay, yeah. And you just realized that you were there were more things that weren't functioning. Mm. It's like like atrophy was happening. Sure. With, when your awareness was like off of whatever the thing is mm -hmm. like if you're not paying attention to flexibility then eventually you won't be able to touch your toes and yeah. like you won't even notice that this the ability to touch the toes is like reeling back is that i don't think so because most people don't i mean when i say most people i don't really know if it's true most people don't think about that i know that i personally did not think about that kind of thing mm -hmm. at all Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> yeah. And that it's, it's interesting that you hadn't thought of the breath that much, because like for me as a singer, like a lifelong vocalist, right. like breath has always been like the most important thing from like second grade on, mm -hmm. and so like, for me, like it it. it it, it, I just don't even have the experience of not having awareness of my breath. And so, like... Yeah. I, it, it, I imagine it's pretty cool to, like, go from having no awareness of the breath to then having awareness. Because it, it has to be, like, a real light bulb or, like, a, a wielding of, like, a flaming <laughs> sword like, once the, you got I, it. I think the light bulb was that I can't actually get a breath. <laughs> <laughs> was the first one <laughs> yeah I mean I was just like everybody else uh, you know back in the 70s and 80s you know everybody I know smoked oh, like yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. Like, it wasn't it was just the way it was my growing up my whole family smoked it was just oh, a, yeah, a thing yeah. you know it wasn't it wasn't nobody considered oh that's bad for you mm. Uh, that that's that's interesting yeah because I grew up with stop smoking ads like that was what played between episodes of Spongebob was like high school kids <laughs> saying no to cigarettes that were in their sharp jeans and blazers with nice shoes it's like if you're cool you don't smoke it's, it's <laughs> like it's that, that I, I that, yeah that's something I hadn't really like I guess directly connected that like yeah people of like a couple of generations behind me, it was you just—it was normal to fill your yeah. lungs with carcinogenic <laughs> fumes. Absolutely. <laughs> ah, like yeah. my my father started smoking when he was fourteen years old. Man, <laughs> like cigarettes, like smoking cigarettes, yeah. like a pack of Marlboros. <laughs> he, he like no, he like camels actually. <laughs> <laughs> a, a real classy man. Yeah, he, yeah, he Non, the non-filtered, right? Oh, non -filtered oh man, non-filtered even. Mm -hmm. Wow. A little short pack. That's cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, there was, uh, I was talking to like the, one of the ladies who's a supplement specialist at the health food shop, and she was talking about like Alzheimer's and the advent of that condition nowadays and how she thinks that like well the, the, she was saying she thinks that like the uh, consumption of like the wrong type of fats or like no it was, it was not getting enough fats like good fats into the body like causes the brain to like shut down and she said it's because and like the and correct me if I'm wrong I wasn't alive in like the 80s and 90s there was the big fat free fad thing and so like people were avoiding all fats and then they like their body wasn't getting the nutrition it needed and so like she's she think it's her theory that that could be one of the contributing factors to alzheimer's like becoming more prevalent now and it's i only i, I don't know if that's true or not but it's, it's like one of those things where like back in the day everybody smoked everybody was avoiding any kind of, and everyone was drinking out of cheap aluminum cans and stuff and it's like <laughs> this like the the perspective shifts and like the things we've learned about like 
how we live our lives and how they affect us down the line are like it's, it seems like there's a very different like perspective on just like general living now than there was like 30 40 years ago does that does that seem legit mm. oh there's a lot there to unpack that you just talked yeah. about there's a lot there to to talk about, I think, but um, I think that like, the most recent research is uh, showing that the increase of Alzheimer's, for example, dementia, and those kinds of things are actually from what they're calling type 3 diabetes. Which oh, is, I think I've heard about that, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, where the, like, the, the sugar is, like, you know, attaching to the neurons of the brain, oh. and then it gets rigid and breaks. <laughs> oh, like the neurons break? Mm -hmm. Whoa, that's not good. And you're losing. So, I mean, that's just the current research, mm -hmm. right? But I would say there's definitely been an increase in, like, the way food is processed with sugar. Like, if you think about um, most things, like tobacco just alone is not bad in moderation it's what's added to it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. and eating sugar in moderation is not bad mm -hmm. your brain needs carbs but um everything has it in it now mm -hmm. yeah because yeah. let's face it, it's tasty. It tastes good. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Did I cover everything that was in here? Well, I, I think what I was, I, that the like, the shift from, of perspectives, and it seems, it, to me, it seems so stark. Like the diff, the way that we look at, and I'll try and narrow it down. Like, look at like what we eat and what we like consume. It seems like the perspective on what an individual takes in and what is like good or beneficial for a person to take in is maybe like maybe there's just like more awareness on it. I don't know if we're like doing any better than we were. Like, hopefully, in a sense, we've progressed. But like, mm -hmm. it seems like there's like a stark like. Like well, you difference. have to think about how information is, people get information too. Because my family, because we did have a farm, we never got on the no fat train. It was like whole milk and, oh, and yeah. eggs and all. We never got on that no fat train. But uh -huh. also, you know, we also had a party line. Our, you know, there was no answering machine, there was no cell phones, anything like that. You, like, mm. Most moms just like living out in the country, you just went out in the day and, and you know, if you heard your mom calling, then you came in for lunch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, kind of, <laughs> that, that kind of thing. There was, it, it, the way we get information is so different. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. hard to know if that information is actually of real benefit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. It's yeah, really that, the way fear is spread too. It's so it spreads so easily now. Mm -hmm. We've lost the ability to kind of discern um, what we should actually feel safe or unsafe about. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's what? like that has to do with like the overabundance of information like like the the like advent of technology and the internet like now barrages us with so much stimulation that like our ability to discern what's like true or what's bullshit is like diminished I mean, of course, it's probably a contributing factor. I, I, I don't know for sure, but we've lost touch with our own ability to have empathy, our ability to really feel our own suffering, feel the suffering of others, 
so we we don't have any compassion <laughs> I'm not saying we all as a as a as a culture don't have compassion of course we have some compassion but it's very very diminished we just look over our own suffering and I I know I'm speaking from my own experience of I did you kind of like you had an injury and you just kept going you just get up just get up you know yeah, yeah. keep going don't take care of that so yeah but just having the ability to to really have empathy to really understand and know yourself have your uh, understanding of how you suffer what creates suffering what and feel the suffering of others to know whether you know you can really take some kind of skillful action for it for yourself or for others so the sense of being able to feel really feel fully mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. get all caught up in um, when I say feel I mean like have sensations I don't mean like your feelings or your emotions mm-hmm. <laughs> or, okay. or yeah. know things that kind of are afflictive to us mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. believing that they're true mm-hmm. like like having a sense of when to like walk away from something is that what you're talking about in terms of like sensations of affliction? Well, I think it, it goes even like deeper to the subtle of your even your own thoughts, because we start we start thinking about things, and then we think the thing that we're thinking about is the truth, mm-hmm. right? And then we make all kinds of. Uh, take all kinds of actions with our body and our speech and our interaction and our relationships because we think this thing is true about ourselves or we think this mm-hmm. is true about another person. And it's just a, th- a thought that we grabbed onto mm-hmm. and then yeah, I guess yeah. just ran with it. Yeah, yeah. Not that, not that emotions don't feel real that's for sure they do. When they're happening, mm-hmm. it's hard to be able to discern. Mm, yeah, 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 the, that discernment. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read a blog post while I was waiting for my fried rice for lunch, and <laughs> it was like the gal was talking about like how like traumas in and of themselves aren't like she she was like it, it was titled trauma as physics and her point was that like people some people treat their trauma as if it's an immutable law of the universe like I was sexually assaulted and it traumatized me and so if anyone is sexually assaulted they should also be traumatized Mm -hmm. and like the girl writing this said that like she hadn't experienced trauma from sexual assault and so like her that what she like went into after that was that like if a person recognizes that like it wasn't the event that is always the thing that is going to fuck a person up but like it's part of what's going on in that person that is bringing up that like experience of being traumatized and so like and I've never been sexually assaulted so I can't say like what that experience is like personally but like that thing you're saying about like having discernment I think that's like the skill that or skill or trait or whatever that like a person can possess to see okay yeah I went through this thing that had a terrible effect on me but I can like move past that effect and like grow from this experience and don't have to be like trapped underneath or like in that trauma box. Mm-hmm. I think like discernment kind of has something to do with that, like that ability. Mm. 
when you're getting into uh, touchy areas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, not with me. I'm I'm fine talking about it, but the touchy areas of uh, of you know what people go through, and it's not really saying that did not happen. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but how can we not keep reifying and our de- identifying ourselves as that? Mm-hmm. It's it's really, I think, one of the ways that we suffer the most. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. I mean, I've definitely been. Um, I don't want to say guilty of doing that because that's the not the really the word I want. It is. I want to use ignorant. Of I was ignorant of doing something different. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the. I didn't have the understanding to make a different choice. And really that's what our practices are teaching us to do, is have the ability to make a different choice and know that you always are at a choice. But that doesn't mean that that everybody can do that, especially in the moment of when things arise. Um, and it can be really a, a way somebody looks at you can set you off into the land of hurt. Mm. Um, but we, but if we don't grasp onto that and keep reifying it in our minds, making it real, making it real, uh, <laughs> for for myself, what I realized honestly was what most thing, almost everything other people do has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like, uh, if you're looking at me a certain way, you might not even actually be looking at me. I'm just in the way of a look that came across your face. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, I mean that, it seems like I'm simplifying it because it's a lot more difficult. It takes a lot more practice to get to that point. But uh, essentially, we will all begin to have the capacity to like, start to see things as they truly are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think I have an example of what I was just talking about that relates to me. Let me let me leave the sexual assault Can thing to pause? the side. Can we pause? Because I have to yeah. pee. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. yeah. So go for it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Okay, so I was in the shower the other day. Okay. <laughs> Picking it up. And, uh, so the, the injury that got me into a practice was a back injury as well. And mm-hmm. I like went and saw a chiropractor after it, and his like diagnosis per se was like that like I had I was flexible, I like could touch my toes, but I just had no muscle like holding my body together. Mm-hmm. And so I had like formed this idea that like my body was like compromised and like weak and I like had said out loud that, you know, I've got a bad back. Oh. And so I think you see where I'm kinda of going yeah. with this. But like I I was like just doing the bodily cleansing routine and thought like, you know, I think actually like my body can handle what I put at it, like what it needs to go through to like get me through life. And I like realized that I had like, and it was like 2015 that I had that injury. So that's like seven, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And I like only just in this past week realized that I was still holding on to that belief that like, my back was bad and I was like wait that's not true <laughs> that's you were just out of balance or yeah. misaligned yeah and and now you're not yeah and and like it it took eight years in development of my 
skills of discernment and many other things as well to like get to the point where I was able to even like notice that the thought coming up of me having a bad back was like not accurate and like yeah so like that's that's my direct experience like recently with that thing of like oh that I was like attached to the thing that was like dragging me down I was like clinging on to an anchor as it sunk to the bottom of the ocean by my own volition I just didn't know it was by my own volition yeah and and like I that like that just blows my mind like that like how how long I was walking around with that belief that like my body was compromised <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and, and yeah like I, I ride my bike I do plenty of physical activities so like the examples are that like the body can take it but like I still had that belief like sure. deep down in there that like I had to do like had to put forth some conscious effort to like see okay that's a thought process that's going on it's not serving me anymore I need to let it go Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's uh, yeah. That's I think that's like the discernment thing. I mean, if you think if you really consider thoughts, though, um, I mean, none of them are permanent. They're just like passing through, and we keep bringing them. We we just keep making them true by our beliefs in them. Mm-hmm. Or, or our attachment to being that. I mean, there's a lot of um, things that a bad back can get you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? You, yeah. you, you can, like, it's something to have a conversation about, or mm-hmm. it's something to commiserate with somebody else with, mm-hmm. or those, those kinds of things. But when we really consider it, we can just really go I mean from the background of you know traditional medicines it's there's nothing that we would take that would be permanently taken because none of it is permanent mm-hmm. it's we're out of balance and we do the thing to bring ourselves back to balance and realize our kind of propensity to lean towards this imbalance or another and realize when we're heading in that direction again mm-hmm. and then being able to like course correct when you see yourself veering yeah towards it not and not just with your um, with your body that's the the gross aspect of your mind so watching how you do the same thing with your mind mm-hmm. yeah yeah and your speech which is probably the most harmful Hmm. how so Um, like very few people actually do harm to others bodily like people do do harm to others Mm -hmm. bodily they do harm to themselves bodily but um, more than that we use our speech Mm -hmm. to cause harm even if it's just being um, those little digs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know the you know or sense the weakness and you use your speech too. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean what's it? The pen is mightier than the sword kind of thing. <laughs> you know, it's not a hundred percent accurate though. Well and when you think about and I know you've been studying the 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 Kusala Dharma, so you know that speech has more aspects mm-hmm. than either mind or body. Mm-hmm. I, I remind me, it's three, four, and three for mm-hmm. like body, speech, and mind, right? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, and the speech has an extra one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, language is such a weird <laughs> thing. Like, I, I, yeah, it's, it's just, it just always blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, well, my, my one teacher, uh, he, my, my somatics teacher, he, he, and he's also the one that taught me Jokata. 
Oh, cool. Is um, he he has really this f- the five actions of speech. There's really only five actions that we take when it comes to speech, and uh, if you recognize yourself in any one of those, you can change it if you want. Because if you're making like an example of, if you're making an assessment around whatever situation, you're very aware that your assessment is your opinion and your opinion only. Therefore, it, it doesn't necessarily, it isn't necessarily the truth mm-hmm. of reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's your current assessment yeah. based on the experiences you've had in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you think like, because I, I totally get that for one reason or another. Maybe it's from a negative trait of self-doubt and self-skepticism, but I've like always had this idea, maybe not always, but it's been pretty strong that like, what, yeah, like don't take what I say as the truth. But it seems like a lot of people like believe everything they say. Um, do, do, is that your experience, like, that people really... I mean, I, I have to always just come back to my own experience, and is that there was a time in that I thought that what I, what I was saying was the truth. It wasn't just my opinion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. For sure. It was really harmful, like really um, aggressive, and I think being more curious and being more and being more in question rather than in certainty is <laughs> a way to really look at the look at it more, slow it down a little bit, and make a a really, I guess, oh, a discernment that is has some wisdom behind it rather than just your opinion. Yeah, yeah. I like that about slowing it down. Like, yeah. I don't think that things like kindness really, they don't really happen at a fast pace that's Mm -hmm. super aggressive. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes they do, but most of the time, it's this slow attention to something. Yeah, yeah. And like a, a like nurturing of that object of kindness, like over time, like coming back to it. Well, if you think of about what is the far, what is the farthest thing from being kind is having ill will, right? And ill will comes like that it's you know it's like this snap thing that happens where when you're when you're slowing this down then actually kindness can just naturally arise Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I don't know how long we've been here and I don't know how much time you have Uh, we have been here it's 444 that's cool I think we started uh, maybe right around 4 or Mm -hmm. maybe just a little bit uh, before 4 do you have a little bit longer? Yeah, I have a little bit longer. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, and you mentioned one, like about your teachers. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could leave it there. Oh, wow. Okay, maybe about your first one. Like, who was the first, like, legit teacher you okay. came across? First... Um, probably my I mean of course my first teacher was my parents right and then like that shaped me a lot having them as my teachers and then of course my where I my environment where I grew up and then and like my um, where I went to school all of those things were shaping me shaping me shaping me but I think you mean kind of like more on where I made a very 
specific choice about a teacher mm-hmm. and it takes it takes time actually I remember when I got really serious about um, wanting to have a teacher I was in a position where I'd had a few different teachers and I kept going oh, actually that's I, I know that this is not the correct teacher for me I know that it's not and so would stop like pursuing that and I, I, I've come across some really really amazing people and, uh, and some funny funny actor people too but it wasn't really until I met my current like my root teacher that it was it was certain there was certainty there was this um, if you want to call it a lightning strike kind of mm-hmm. happened and did that happen like when you first met him it really wasn't even or... when I met him it like a personal meeting it was when I he was I was invited to this um, symposium like teaching that was going on for 10 days in Virginia and I wasn't I wasn't going to go because I was already getting ready to go to Thailand and I was going to study with this um, blind teacher everybody wanted to study with her because she was even though she didn't she you know spoke the language of her region you really unless you were from there you didn't speak that Mm -hmm. they still wanted to speak to her because she was so intuitive with you and so Mm -hmm. she could teach you so I was already going to do that I had that in my mind I it was already arranged (laughs) that I was going to and so when I got invited to this other um, thing I immediately turned it down said no and um, then a, a couple days later, I ha- kept thinking somehow I had made a mistake. I didn't even know why I, I was thinking that. I just kept, I, somehow I had made this mistake. And I uh, called the person back, which now she's a dear, you know, mm-hmm. friend, um, and said, hey, <laughs> can I still come? And yes, I could still come. So I did. I ended up not going and studying with uh, Mama Lek. That was her name, and and I I he is he has certain specific um, vows that he's taken. So it wasn't like you could find a picture of him or read about him or any of that. I was just going on kind of this natural feeling of okay, this is important this is important not to miss this so he was I was sitting around with a bunch of strangers <laughs> and he came down this the steps and it I just saw his feet when I first saw his feet that's when it it was mm-hmm. I knew but I had already been I had already studied with a lot of different people and um, went as far as I could go in those practices and studies and there was something about uh, uh, Sonanda that was was different and challenging it was very challenging to my my mind (laughs) the way I thought he wouldn't uh, let's put it this way he definitely was not charmed by my personality (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah no so so I think that was what really kept me because he would you know say this or this or this and, and I would be immediately up against it okay, that is not no that's not true and he's like you don't need to believe me like just test it and see if it is true and each time I tested it and years went on like this right if us like like him saying something and me disagreeing with it but then 
kind of like when you get a teaser like that, you're watching them for a period of time, and then and they're also watching you. Are you are you able to do what it takes to become a, and even have enough humility to be a student? Mm-hmm. Which it, it's a lot, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't have any of it, none, none zero. So after many years of this and him saying, you know, test things out, test things out, he he once said, how long will you test the gold? How long will you, are you planning on testing? <laughs> because I kept finding that, it, it, yes, it was gold. And, and I was like, well, I don't really know what you mean by that. And, and then he told a story of how this person had was given or or found gold and he kept taking it around to different places is this gold is this gold and then they would break a little piece off of it and test it yes yes this is gold <laughs> and then but he didn't believe it so he just kept testing it and uh, pretty at the end you know there was hardly anything left of the gold and he never used it he never like all of the all the practices and all the studies that you do, uh, what benefit are they to you or to others if you're actually not using them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Jill. <laughs> yes, Alejandro. Thanks for coming on the show. I think that's a, a pretty good place to stop. Um, yeah, okay. unless you have anything else you want to add. I don't want to keep you here. Um, I can't think of anything, but I didn't I, I didn't have in mind how it, it would go either. Yeah. I didn't think it, just, it would just unfold itself. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my thinking too. Uh, yeah, this is the first recording. So is, as such, I want to note that today is March 4th which in the English language on the Gregorian calendar <laughs> is the only date that forms a, an understandable phrase. It's, and it's a command, March, March 4th. 4th. <laughs> and so I, I, when we planned this, I thought that was a very uh, uh, just, just Auspicious. fun, auspiciously fun date to do the, the first recording for, for this new venture. So yeah, thank oh, you very much. I'm excited for you. Yeah. I'm excited for the people that get to spend time with you. Heck yeah. Can we do this again sometime? Yeah, cool. for sure. Sounds next great. March more, next March more. <laughs> we got a, we've got an outstanding date every year now. That yeah. sounds awesome. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Thank well, thank you. you. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you to Jill for being a guest on the show. Thanks for holding down the fort with me. Uh, she is near impossible to find on the internet so i i'll I'll put a link to the uh, non-profit group that she and some other folks from yin tai have started Uh, we did a fundraiser for like an orphanage over there and got some kids some ice cream (laughs) i don't i don't know if i'm gonna include that but uh there will be a link to triple wisdom l l triple triple it's called triple wisdom i know that much Uh, and there's gonna be a link to it down below and so you can check that out if you feel so inclined to give some support to them go right ahead and do that also thank you to victor gomez of los lemons for letting me play a couple of their songs after a couple of these episodes Uh, i got to see them this last week play live and i gotta say they put on a fantastic show uh it was a truly magical musical performance if i do say so myself so sit back and relax sin tea by los lemons (laughs) 